this video would be absolutely remarkable, perhaps even miraculous, if you don't hear a lot of noise in the background. Because <laughs> uh, I'm in North Miami Beach at my daughter and son-in-law's home with their children, uh, celebrating the recent wedding of our oldest granddaughter, which is very strange for me because she's eight and her mom is about 12 and a half. But somehow in the passage of time, I'm here with Ruthie celebrating a chatuna. Wow. So I apologize in advance for any of the background noise, but I need to tell you some of the background thoughts that go into looking at the Parsha this week. He, he saw it, Rosh B'nai Yisrael, looking at lifting up the head of the Jewish people by every Jew contributing a half of a shekel, a half of a coin. No more, no less. Everyone has to give a half, which is, of course, a prominent lesson described by many that no one is whole without each other. And, of course, when we're blessed with family, and those people who don't have the blessing of family, we're all family. Friends, they're people who contribute to Torah, which means that they're raising other children who become their own. So we are all family. And when we celebrate family, it makes us realize that our lives are not complete without each other. And to see a chatan and a kala, the bride and groom, come together and become whole is, is more than moving. It's really such an extraordinary message. And in the context of these five weeks, we learn about the building of the tabernacle and the priests and their clothing and this week about the unfortunate Egel Azav, the golden calf that we spoke about last week, which was a sin not that they didn't believe in God, but they didn't believe in themselves and they needed this intermediary. And then we continue for another two weeks talking about the building of the tabernacle, the materials and the clothing of the priests. So I'd like to borrow one thought from the clothing of the priests because each one of the garments, the eight garments of the high priest, atone for various sins. And of course, something like the tzitzah zahav, the golden forehead plate that said kodesh l'ashem, that we are holy and sanctified to God, atone for what was underneath it, the thoughts. Sometimes our thoughts can be distracted into angers and worse. But there's one piece of clothing, and again, the pants, the breeches, that's a simple one, atone for immorality. And the belt to separate the lower and the upper part of ourselves. But there's one piece, the Xonis Tashbates, the tunic. That atoned if, God forbid, there was a murder, if someone killed someone else amongst the people of Israel. That was the Xonis Tashbates. And some suggest, the Meiri in particular, that, well, the person would be stabbed, you know, the blood would go over their tunic, and so therefore it's a correlation. But, you know, I grew up in the Bronx. You could get hit over the head just as easily. God forbid. I'd like to suggest, the Xonis Tashbates, the tunic, Tashbates means that there was a weave. It was like a plaid, but it actually was three-dimensional. It lifted up above, so the whole garment had these like little boxes all over it. 
like the word mishpitzat zahav, like on part of the other ornaments, there was a, a, a setting, a place to put a jewel, to put a precious, precious diamond. So the tashpets refers to a garment that was filled with these empty settings there to be filled. In the case of murder, the sin is not removing a person's past or even their present. It's robbing them of a future. And the future is represented on this garment as these empty settings that every time we reach out to each other because we are family, every time that we are doing and connecting to God in the mitzvot Hashem, another precious stone begins to fill up our tunic. The tunic and its settings represents our ability to fill our lives with a treasure of joy, of connection, of commitment, of passion to God and the people around us. That's the tunic that we wear. You know, watching a granddaughter walk down the aisle fills up another layer of realization that it's not only the jewels that we put into ourselves, but the people we connect to, especially children and grandchildren. When they commit to God, when they live a life filled with light and beauty, they fill us up for our futures. Years and years and years beyond and generations upon generations, some of those generations, great, 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 great grandchildren whom we will never see will be wearing our clothing and continuing to fill in the jewels that we placed in our lives. The story of the Egel Azov of the Golden Calf is placed there and God could have changed the story. I mean, he wrote the book, he's the author. He could have had Moshe tell them, not 40 days, but 40 and a half days. He could have easily, easily changed the scenario. But the Talmud says this whole story was placed there and lived to show us the opportunity of tshuva, of repentance, of changing our lives, of illuminating our beings and our faces, just like Moshe walked down from the mountain and he was radiating, illuminating the light of connection to God. When we radiate that light with faith and love and concern with each other and for each other, we fill in that tunic of our lives, but we also extend it downwards all the way, all the way down to another generation and another generation and another generation. And so my friends, it's a great message to take away in Parshas Kisisa. All of us are walking down aisles in life. Watching a granddaughter, that's such a privilege, that's so special. But we all touch each other, we all walk with each other. And we return back to that chuppah, that canopy of God, just like Mount Sinai was a canopy over the Jewish people. We return to that chuppah to God's canopy, knowing that we placed in our lives the next row of settings to be filled by the precious jewels 
of another generation. My dear friend, those jewels are what our lives are all about. We create the settings. We create the lessons. We create the love and connection to God and those around us. And then, God willing, we should be able to watch our children and their children or our neighbors and our community, the people that we touch, walk with us and beyond us with that precious illumination that changes the world. So miracles do happen, not a peep from one kid. Wow. <laughs> Have a wonderful Shabbat. And we may all be Zoha to the final rejoicing of Jerusalem and the return to the Beit HaMikdash. Shabbat Shalom.